Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It means tonight is AEW Dynamite. Of course, tonight's AEW Dynamite does go. I thought it was a okay show. I'm just going to say that. I thought it was an okay show. I mean, the show itself wasn't all that great, but we had some good matches. I will say that we had really good matches on the show, especially that main event. That main event between Orange Cassidy and Penta, oh, was that good. That match, super good, and the crowd was super into it and everything. I mean, even Eddie Kingston and Wheeler Yuta was really, really good. He's and Eddie and Claudio still with that one. Like, that's all that match was for. But good matches, I wouldn't... Moxley and Commander was good, but not as good as the other ones. And then that woman's tag, oh, I don't even know what to say about that. That woman's tag was, I guess you could say, just there. Because I got some stuff to talk about with this woman's division where Tony does not know how to book consistently. Isn't that what Will Washington's job is? Just let me, let me talk to you for a second, as LA Knight would say. How is Tony Storm going to cut a promo saying that the outcasts aren't talking, she hasn't heard from Ruby and... Soraya's mad at her, and she may not have any more friends. And then they booked the Outcasts in a trios match on Saturday. Huh? How does that make any sense? But we'll get into that once we get to that segment a little bit later. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any. Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, and Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Want to get into Season 4 of Fortnite? Want Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and John Cena in Fortnite? Well, in the item shop, go to the bottom and put in this code, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, and you will be supporting us. It only takes you a couple of seconds to do so. Remember, right now, there's a new season of Fortnite out. So that means a new battle pass. And you can get Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. And they've re-added John Cena so you can get all three if you missed Cena last year. So again, use our code for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Excuse me. As far as Dynamite does go. Excalibur comes on the air with a recap of All In before he welcomes us alongside Taz. And Tony Schiavone. We then open up the show with John Moxley versus Commander with Alex Everhentis 
at ringside. So is Alex just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Default manager for all luchadors? Is that just what he does? If you're a luchador, you're going to have Alex out there with you? So Moxley mowed down Commander with a big boot, some corner strikes early on to kick things off, taking a bow to the Chicago crowd afterwards. Commander answered back by using his speed to send Moxley to the floor and connect with a high cross body. Back inside the ring, Moxley did his uh, big rake, back rake, and then a headbutt knocked Moxley down, allowing Commander to try a Cancun Torneo, Cancun Torneo, but he crashed and burned. Commander again tried utilizing his speed during a commercial break, but Moxley had a crossbody scouted and controlled the majority of the break. Commander countered a powerbomb into a facebuster a la Billy Kidman and tried to follow this up with some lariats, which Moxley absorbed initially until a third one did take him down. Commander was able to chop Moxley down with some kicks and some a low DDT, which led to an impressive lung blower that got Commander a two. Commander wanted to do his rope walk 450, but Moxley got his knees up and connected with the pile driver. There's some anvil elbows that led to a rear naked choke, and as Commander fought, allowing Moxley to transition that into an armbar, he would tap out. So Moxley does get the victory here, defeating Commander in the opening contest. Not much really to it. Simple match with John Moxley and Commander. Like, there's not much more to say. Video recapped, uh, video recap showing off uh, Orange Cassidy's international title reign. Cassidy said, you'd think after all in, he'd take a break. But tonight, he's going to show John Moxley why he's not the same wrestler that he was four years ago. So then we got this a couple of times. It was videos we've already seen from YouTube, post-show stuff from All In. So the Young Bucks are shown in the locker room as FTR interrupted them talking and questioned why they didn't shake their hands. Matt said, hey, I got into the heat of the moment and I got mad that we lost. That wasn't the, the right thing to do. They said that they created All In and were frustrated that they lost at All In. The Bucks were about to shake FTR's hand when they were interrupted by Bullet Club Gold. They said, this is the winner's locker room. What the heck are you losers doing in here? Basically told the Young Bucks to get out. Wheeler then said, uh, no, Jay White said there are four of them and four of us. Wheeler then says, yeah, I like that. How about we fight you guys next week at All Out? Uh, after the video, the match was made official. It will be the Young Bucks and FTR taking on Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and the Guns. Pay-per-view is kind of a disappointing match, if I'm going to say so myself. Very disappointing I would have wanted FTR to defend the titles. No. They're going to team with the Bucks. How does that make any sense at all? None of this makes sense. This is dumb. This is stupid. I'm just going to say it right there. Dumb. We got highlights of the outcasts crumbling at All In. Then they show Soraya pinning Tony Storm to win the AEW Women's title in front of her hometown and her family. So this is where things get interesting. Renee Paquette is backstage with a distraught Tony Storm, who said, yes, she's happy for Soraya, but she went off script during her performance and blamed everyone, saying Wembley went tits up and she can't trust anyone. 
Nobody at all. Not even the outcast. Storm then walked off and then said something about this doesn't work and threw a shoe back at Renee. She also said, Ruby hasn't talked to me since Sunday. She said, I can't trust anybody anymore. It's like, okay, so if you guys aren't talking and you don't trust them, why are they teaming? Why are they teaming? This makes no sense. Let's pull up the Dat Gum graphic. This was announced for collision. Pull this up on the screen because this just makes absolutely no sense after that Tony Storm promo. Why are we getting this? The Outcasts against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Hikaru Shida, and the TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Like, what? Tony said she don't trust them. Tony said they ain't talking. So why are they teaming? Are they just going to have more dissension during the match? Like, I get doing something with Ruby. Like, maybe have Ruby take on Britt or Ruby take on Sheeta because she showed up at the end of their tag match tonight. But... How does this make any sense? And didn't they hire Will Washington for consistency? Because this is not consistency. In one, in the first hour saying, we're not talking and I don't trust them, to the second hour coming on saying they're teaming at the pay-per-view. How does that make any goddamn sense? I don't get it at all. So Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara come to the ring. Well, Jericho comes first and then calls Sammy out eventually. Jericho thanked the crowd for the reaction he received and put over one of the greatest weekends in his career, and not just as an in-ring competitor, but for Fozzie as well. Jericho talked about the shoot record-breaking number AEW did for the attendance in Wembley and wanted to address his actions post-match, calling Sammy Guevara to the ring. Now, the reason I say shoot is because it's not the most attended show. Jericho said he just said attendance. It's the most tickets sold to a show. But when Jericho said the highest attended show, that's not right. WrestleMania 32 still had more people there. They had like 92, 93,000. WrestleMania 32, they had roughly around 90,000 at Wembley. And I'm sticking to my guns. I don't think they do that much next year. I just, I don't. I think it was an anomaly for the first time. I think they do very well next year, but I don't think they do 80,000 tickets sold and almost 90,000 people in the building. I just don't think that. But Jericho said that he wasn't happy with his actions after losing to Will Ospreay and shoving Sammy. A clip of Guevara clocking Ospreay with the baseball bat was shown as Jericho had him in the walls of Jericho. Um, Jericho says, we all lie, cheat, and steal. And mine was just not enough. Maybe I should have rolled him up tighter, grabbed the trunks harder. You could have hit him with the baseball bat. Or grabbed the trunks more, and you could have hit him with the baseball bat harder. Sammy then says, whoa, 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 repeat that? Say that again? Jericho's like, I could have rolled him up harder. Or tighter. And Sammy goes, no, 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 what'd you say after that? You could have hit him with the bat harder. And Sammy's like, oh, so it's my fault. Gotcha. Guevara then questioned Jericho if maybe he should have hit him with the Judas effect a little harder. Then he could have won. Guevara left his, Guevara said that, I've always been there for you. What did I do? I flew to Wembley. I flew to London and left my pregnant wife home all by herself in Orlando for you. He wondered if it wasn't even the right thing anymore. Guevara couldn't. 
Guevara said that, honestly, I would have liked to have my own match. I would have liked to wrestle in Wembley. And Jericho goes, well, if you follow everything I tell you to do and my lead, maybe you can have a match next year at All In. Uh, things started to get a little more heated. Guevara bringing up how Jericho won the AEW title in this very arena, but then lost it the next day in Jacksonville, right outside of a steakhouse. Jericho wants cooler heads to prevail and says, we're the less sex gods. You know what? We need to become AEW Tag Team Champions. So next week, we should start the road to becoming Tag Team Champions. Guevara shook his hand as the wheels have officially fallen off. Sort of. We see the dissension. We see the fight is coming. The match will happen. But Jericho just doesn't want it to happen yet. Crowd seemed a little disappointed that they didn't come to blows. Seemed like they really thought that Sammy was going to attack Jericho or something. Finally have enough, but it didn't. They're going to team up starting next week. Backstage, John Moxley is with Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta to address the main event tonight. Moxley said that everything seems to be about Bark. Like, who has the most titles? Who's got the better nickname? Who's got a great hashtag or a catchphrase? But come all out, it won't be about who has the most, the best bark, who talks the most, but who's got the best bite. And that promo from Moxley played into the end of this show, which I really liked. So speaking of the Blackpool Combat Club, Willie Yuta was in action next as he took on Eddie Kingston for the NJPW Strong Openweight Championship. Now this match was shorter than it should have been. I thought it was over as fast as it started, but for as short as it was, I did think it was good. I thought it was hard-hitting and really good while it lasted. So you just slapped Kingston and went right after his taped-up elbow. He really uh, is keeping Kingston grounded early on as we go to commercial break about a minute into the match. Coming back from the break, it was all Yuta. Well, during the break, it was all Yuta. And then right after we returned, Kingston blocked a monkey flip and clobbered Yuta to the floor before connecting with a tope. Back inside the ring, Kobashi, there was a Kobashi machine gun chop that led to an exploder, but Yuta blocked the first, the back fist and skinned the cat into bridging, bridging Kingston with a German suplex for a two. Kingston got his knees up on a dive, though, and follows up with Saito's suplex and got a near fall. Yuta continued and tried to go for a half and half and do an angle slam as Kingston started hulking up, firing off more chops, and then Yuta would respond with some anvil elbows, but Kingston got his half and half into multiple back fists, and maybe Yuta collapsed her a little bit. He looked like a mannequin. He was just dead and got pinned. So he got pinned, got knocked out, basically, and then Claudio would appear from ringside, coming out from the crowd, looked up at Eddie. Eddie was jaw-jacking Claudio, and Claudio just ignored him, basically, and went and grabbed Yuta on the other side of the ring as he fell out of the ring. So they're really teasing Claudio, and um, Claudio and um, Eddie, probably for that Ring of Honor title. I thought it was going to get announced for the All Out pay-per-view because we've got other ROH matches on this show, like Samojo defending the ROH TV title against Shane Strickland. Like, what? Why is that match happening on All Out? I get you want Samojo on there, but what? I bet you there's a good contingency of AEW fans who have no clue who Shane Strickland is. Like, I bet you there's a good number of people who are going to watch this show and go, who's he? 
Who's that? Why is he challenging? Um, why is he challenging Joe? Because that was officially announced tonight too. Or Shane Taylor. I don't know why I keep saying Shane Strickland. Shane Taylor. My bad. My bad. Shane Taylor. But um, yeah. So this is like a joint AEW Ring of Honor show. But as we know, their planned main event is not happening. I don't even know what match is going to main event now. Because as long as Punk is... So, spoiler. Um, Main event for All Out was supposed to be Samoa Joe. And, or not Samoa Joe. Uh, CM Punk and Ricky Starks. But with Punk now suspended, that match can't happen. Unless something happens and Punk gets unsuspended before Sunday, I feel bad for Ricky. I really, really feel bad for Ricky because he was going to main event. He's going to be in his first pay-per-view main event. Goddamn Punk. As we move forward, the video package uh, highlighting the all-in main event. Well, first off, it was highlighting Max and Adam winning the tag titles and then their main event match. We got post-match comments from both of them with MJF upset that Cole made him wrestle more than he's had all year in just one night or actually the last month. He also said that my neck is wrecked. And MJF also said Tony Khan informed him of a tag team battle royal that will be taking place on Rampage to determine who they defend the ROH tag team titles against at All Out. So again, a second ROH title match taking place at All Out on Sunday. MJF said there's also going to be a tournament to determine who I who I defend the Triple B against at Grand Slam on September 20th. MJF then said he's got the week off. Well, at least the week till the pay-per-view. And he's going to Paris, baby. He's going to eat a baguette and bang some rats before coming back to hit a kangaroo kick and a double clothesline when he and Cole retain their titles. And then Adam was like, yeah, you go do that. You deserve some time off. Seemed a little annoyed by it. I don't know. Truman Piquette's backstage with Sammy Guevara, who was almost immediately interrupted by Don Callis, who asked if it's frustrating dealing with a sociopath like Chris Jericho. Callis then tried to congratulate Guevara on his wife being pregnant, but Sammy cut him off and told Don to get lost. He's like, I got a problem with my own family. I don't need to deal with yours. So then we had story time with Adam Cole, baby. Now, before we get into this, Dan's got a really good question. Dan Mullinax in the YouTube chat says, do we know how long is CM Punk uh, suspended? No, because it is a, not a, oh, you did this. You're suspended for X amount of days or X amount of months. It's a, you did this. And now we have to investigate who's actually at fault and who did what. So well, until the investigation is up, you're both suspended indefinitely. That's what it is. It is an indefinite suspension, basically. Could be up by Saturday morning. Could be up in three weeks. We don't know. There is a chance they wrap this investigation up by the weekend and Punk is unsuspended and shows up on um, collision. So, I mean, it's possible. It's possible that it's only a couple of day suspension, but not guaranteed. Cole thanks the crowd for the biggest night of his life and the greatest wrestling show of all time. Despite how great the night was, though, it wasn't all that perfect because he bossed 
lost in the world title match. But he knows he'll always get another shot down the line eventually. Despite MJF's neck being banged up, he promises the crowd that he'll be ready for All Out. This then led to Roderick Strong in the kingdom coming down to the ring. But Strong insulted how Cole was more worried about MJF's neck than his. Cole wonders why Roddy is acting like this and questions if he's if it's due to uh, palling around with the kingdom. Mike Bennett then interrupted and said it's story time with Mike Bennett and brings up their ROH debuts. The night both he and Adam Cole got jobs in ROH together. He said it was the match between us that got us our jobs. But I thought it was a match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly that got Adam Cole's job with Ring of Honor. Anyways, Adam acts like he doesn't know the kingdom, but Cole was at Bennett's wedding and brings up the roads they've traveled. Running down Chicago in the running in Chicago in the past, Cole cares too much about what the idiot fans think and forgot what the kingdom and strong have done for him in the past. David then cuts off Cole and said he needs the kingdom to take over ROH before jumping to bull. He needed the kingdom before taking over ROH and then leaving them behind, jumping to Bullet Club to quote pad his pockets and make more merch money. David said that Cole's a liar. And is the same leech that he's always been. Latching on to Melvin MJF. Whenever he sees something's hot, he attaches himself to it. To try and make himself hot. Cole has only cared about himself and nobody else. Which Cole said they know isn't true. And apologizes. But they need to realize MJF isn't just his friend. He said MJF is my best friend. Roddy then says, you know what? I'm going to do something you couldn't do. I'm going to beat MJF for the world title. I'm going to go through and win the tournament and come Grand Slam. I am going to beat him for the belt. Cole said that was a terrible idea with your bad neck. You don't need to be doing that, Roddy. Roddy was insulted. Oh, now you care, Roddy says. Bad neck or not, Strong says he's winning the tournament and breaking everybody's neck because he is a wrestling legend. The Kingdom of Strong left. And Tony Schiavone on commentary said someone should call a wambulance. So, I don't know where this is leading to. I highly doubt Roderick Strong wins this tournament and we get Roddy versus MJF. Like, if that's what we get, god damn would that suck. The match would probably be good, but story-wise, this has just been stupid. I've... I've thought the teaming of Adam Cole and MJF has been entertaining, but the Roddy and now the Kingdom stuff is just dumb. I don't like it at all. Something else I didn't really care for was the trios match. TBS champion Chris Statlander, Brett Baker, and Akaru Shida against Nyla Rose, Marina Shafir, and Emi Sakura. This was just a standard, everyone gets to do a couple things, and then the match goes to the finish kind of match. Sakura attacked Shida immediately at the start, but Shida quickly turned the tables and tagged in Baker, who hit a quick sling blade. Shafir uh, took the ref to allow Rose to cheap shot Baker and keep her isolated throughout a commercial break. Baker managed a rolling neckbreaker to lead to the Statlander hot tag as the TBS champion ran wild with Rose and Sakura hitting a double-team slam. Shida then tried to jump in, but Rose ducked a Baker superkick and Shida ate the strike. Rose dropped Baker with a choke slam, tried to do the same to Statlander, who fought it off and sent her to the floor along with everyone else. Statlander then went to the top and hit a huge crossbody on everybody before bringing Shafir back into the ring, hitting her with the Wednesday Night Fever and pinning her to pick up the victory. 
So there we go. Baby faces get the win. Afterwards, and I, I've always, in any wrestling company, hated the spot where a par- one person in a team goes for like a kick or a clothesline and accidentally hits their partner because the opponent moved. Well, the partner saw the opponent move. So why are you mad? Why are you mad? This is like, why, why is Soraya mad at, at, at Tony Storm? Why did MJF almost get mad at Adam Cole last week for almost super kicking him? None of this ever makes sense in wrestling. You see with your own two eyes that they were going to kick the other guy or punch the other guy or uh, uh, clothesline the other guy or gal. And then they moved. And then they accidentally hit you. So why are you mad? I've always thought that was one of the dumbest spots in wrestling. Getting mad because your partner hit you by accident and you saw the accident go down. It wasn't like they hit you from behind and you didn't see the opponent move. No, they always hit you from right in front. Anyways, Baker pleaded her case to Sheeta outside after the match, saying it didn't mean she didn't mean to hit Sheeta with a super kick. Then Ruby Soho would appear behind Statlander and laid out the champ with the no future. She then grabbed the TBS title and ran away with it, kissing it before Sheeta and Baker tried to come in and make the save. So yeah. There you go. It was just whatever. Nothing special. It was the only woman stuff we had on the show, other than earlier with the, the Tony Storm promo. Then we got a video telling us who Shane Taylor is and saying that he's going to win back his ROH Television Championship. There was a strategy session with Don Callis. I really liked this. I thought this was great. Don, I don't know if these are really Kenny's x-rays, but Don was showing Takeshita some x-rays, x-rays saying, all right, so here's the strategy. I know all the injuries and surgeries that Kenny Omega had. I'm going to tell you them right now. Kenny Omega's got an issue with this. And he's telling Takeshita, kick him like this. Hit him like this right in this spot. He's like, Kenny's got an issue here. Kenny's got an issue there. Bad knees, bad abdomen, hernia issues, da-da-da-da-da. So you need to do this move, and you need to do that move, and you need to do this move. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm really liking this. And he's showing footage of Takeshita from All In saying, I liked your knee to the neck of Ibushi here. I liked your forearm to the neck of Omega here. Do more of that. He's like, and if all else fails, we can do this. And then they showed Don hitting um, Omega with a screwdriver. And then Takeshi looked in the camera and said, Kenny Omega. So there we go. There we go. But as we move forward. Wait, what? Someone just sent me something that I need to look up really fast. What? No. I need to go to Tony Khan's Twitter. What the what? Hold on. This makes no sense. What? We got a Ricky match for the pay-per-view, it looks like. Hold on. Holy crap. Let's pull this up on the screen. Tony Khan tweeted this out 15 minutes ago. This Saturday, September 2nd, United Center, Chicago, Illinois, Saturday night, AEW Collision Live on TNT. This Saturday on TNT, Absolute Ricky Starks will appear live on AEW Collision to challenge Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to a strap match this Sunday at All Out. 
What? Huh? Well, I guess this is his consolation prize. Instead of facing Punk in the main event, you get the old guy in a strap match. Yeah, okay. Huh? This is a weird one that I didn't expect. Yow, like, well, Yowie Wowie, as Bray Wyatt used to say. Give me one second. I need to send this to some couple people that probably didn't see this yet. Wow. Like, I did not expect this one. That's, that's a different kind of booking. If I do say so myself. But give me one second. Cause I want I want Nick's response to this if he hasn't seen it already. I'm gonna send this to Nick right now. I know Nick's gonna give me something. Nick's gonna give me something if he hasn't seen it already. But yeah, okay. I don't know why that wasn't talked about on the show. Ricky versus Ricky in a strap match. Sure. Okay. So, moving forward. Uh, the acclaimed come out with Billy Gunn. They have a trios title celebration. So, uh, it's actually kind of cool. Pink trios belts. Max Caster's freestyle reference Mitch McConnell being shaky. And also mentions Trump's mugshot. And if you guys haven't seen that that Mitch McConnell video, that's more than him being shaky. That's an 81-year-old man not being able to do his job anymore. Like, he needs to be... Whew. Tired. Anyways. Not a big politics guy, but when I saw that, I'm like, this guy is one of us, our senators? Yow. Yikes. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Gunn said that they were low on time. So they had to do this quick and talk briefly about winning the trios titles at All In. Caster said that it would be fitting to come back to Chicago where the crowd lifted them up to win the AEW Tag Team titles and have a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Gunn pulled out a huge pair of scissors and cut the ribbon, leading to a new era of the trios division. As Bowens welcomed us to the House of Ass, Caster revealed new pink trios titles were on the back, and I gotta pull this up because these are kind of cool. On the back, they scissor. Yes, the straps of these Belts scissor. You heard me correct, ladies and gentlemen. They scissor. Give me one second. I can't get this image to load now all of a sudden. I know I got it here on Twitter. Come on. Why doesn't Twitter want to load? There we go. These are the new pink belts. And then those are the scissors on the back. Kind of cool, if I do say so myself. I can see those selling really well as far as replicas do go with the scissor stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, Bowen said on Collision this week, they'll be defending those trios championships. They claimed in gun, then scissored as the, the segment ended, and they scissored with some fans and stuff. So, yeah, they're going to do some stuff on collision instead of um, 
Um, what's the one I'm looking for? The pay-per-view. As we move on, we then have our main event. This match was an excellent main event. This match was just so good. I really, really enjoyed this match. Fast opening sequence rolls out quickly as it's Orange Cassidy and Penta El Cerro Miedo for the AEW International Championship. There's an arm drag and a leg sweep that led to a stalemate early on. Cassidy got a quick takedown and did his pockets offense to Penta on the floor. Cassidy went for a tope, but Penta caught him in a gorilla press in midair and launched Cassidy into the railing, heading to a commercial break. Um, I don't know if this was just because I was on the TBS app, but I didn't see no picture-in-picture. Picture. And when we come back from the break, Cassidy hit his tope suicida, but Penta answered with a somersault plancha of his own. Back inside the ring, Penta hit a clever springing leg drop off the bottom rope. Cassidy then floated over in the corner and hit a stun dog millionaire from the apron back into the ring, followed by a swinging DDT for a two. Penta cut off Cassidy in the ropes and hit a backstabber that took us into another commercial break. This time there was a picture in picture. Both men traded uh, thrust kicks until Penta hit a sling blade and another thrust kick for a two. Penta wanted to snap the bad arm of Cassidy, who fought back and slid his hands into his pocket. Cassidy threw his little offense through his little offense only to explode out, and both men hit destroyers on each other, with Cassidy getting one more for good measure. This then led to a double-down spot. Penta wanted to go for the Fear Factor at one point, but Cassidy countered into a beach break, but didn't really get all of it. Penta blocked another orange punch by using a thrust kick and went to the apron. Penta then hit a violent Fear Factor on the edge of the ring. Cassidy got a... Rope to break the to break up the pin at the last second. Penta then violently snapped the bad arm of Cassidy back and hit a proper fear factor. But Cassidy did kick out. Penta then couldn't believe it. And kind of was like, what? How was that a, not a three? And as he's like arguing, kind of like, what? Cassidy then pops up, grabs him, rolls him. One, two, three. Orange Cassidy with the flash pin retains the title. Usually, I kind of scoff at a pin like this, but it makes sense with the story they're telling with Orange Cassidy. He's beat down with over almost 30 defenses. He's hurt. He's tired. And he just needs to get out of these matches any way possible. So, the flash win here makes sense with Orange Cassidy. Afterwards, Orange calls for a chair and a microphone. Commentary's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is this man asking for a mic? So he says, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to talk. He says that he is still here defending his title. And he doesn't know how many more defenses he's got, but he's not going to stop. He said this means everything to him. That's what AEW is all about. Putting a person who was called different, too skinny, too small, too short, into the spotlight and making them a champion. Cassidy says he will defend this title for as long as he wants. As Moxley better bring more than just a fork. As he is Orange Cassidy, or no, he says, as I am freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and I don't have a catchphrase. This then led to John Moxley coming out, and the two having a pretty intense stare down as the show goes off the air. So yeah, I liked it. I think this match is gonna, as the kids say, hump. So I think we're gonna get a good match at the pay-per-view. With that, 
I want to say a couple things were announced for Rampage and uh, Collision. We'll run down everything we know. Uh, for Rampage, there's a tag team battle royal with the winners facing MJF and Adam Cole for the ROH tag team titles at the pay-per-view this Sunday. In the tag team battle royal will be the Hardys, the Butcher and the Blade, Aussie Open, the Gates of Agony, Dark Order, the Wingmen, the Righteous, Best Friends, Axon Andretti, Darius Martin, and the Outliers. So here's my question. Why does Aussie Open have to win this? Why does Aussie Open have to become number one contenders? Let's think back about a month when one young lady named Tony Storm lost the AEW Women's Championship to Hikaru Shida. AEW then announced a mini-tournament to determine four women that will battle for the belt at All In. One of them women, former AEW Women's World Champion Tony Storm, got a bye into the match at the pay-per-view because she got it as her rematch after losing the belt. So I ask you, why doesn't Aussie Open just get a rematch for the belts? Why do Aussie Open have to earn this shot? Tony Storm didn't have to earn her her rematch, didn't have to earn her way into the four-way at All-In, but why do Aussie Open? How does that make any goddamn sense at all? Also on Rampage, we do know that it will be Willow, Nightingale, and Sky Blue taking on Anna Jay and Taya Valkyrie. Hangman Page will go one-on-one with Brian Keith. As far as Collision does go, Soraya, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho will take on Chris Statlander, Okaroshita, and Dr. Britt Baker. The Claimed and Billy Gunn will defend the AEW Trios Championships against Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and Daniel Garcia. And finally, it's Dax Harwood against Switchblade, Jay White. As far as All Out does go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches have been announced. First off, MJF and Adam Cole will defend the ROH Tag Team titles against the winners of the Battle Royal, which we should know here soon because they're filming it tonight. Kenny Omega will go one-on-one with Kanosuke Takeshita. The TNT Championship will be on the line when Luchasaurus defends against Darby Allin. The AW International Championship will be on the line when North Cassidy defends against John Moxley. The TBS Championship will be on the line when Chris Statlander defends against Ruby Soho. The Ring of Honor Television Championship will be on the line when Samoa Joe defends against Shane Taylor. FTR on the Young Bucks will take on Blue Club Gold, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the Guns. And finally, M- Miro will take on Powerhouse Hobbs. And then next week on Dynamite, the Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Tournament does begin. Yeah, there we go. That is everything that took place tonight on AEW Dynamite. But you know what I thought of the show? Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of the show. So let's go over, refresh all these polls, see what you guys thought, and go from there. So, as far as the Twitter poll does go, 41% thought it was just all right. 33% liked the show, and 25% didn't like it. Wow. Wow. This is the first time in a while I liked it didn't win, and this is all really close on this Twitter poll. Let's check the the YouTube community poll. Well, Twitch poll. Twitch poll, 80% liked it, 83% liked it, 17% thought it was just all right. As far as the YouTube community poll, 59% liked it. 27% 27% thought it was just all right, and 13% didn't like it. Some of the comments here, this person says, I liked it. This person says, I liked it. I'm seeing, sensing a Sammy Jericho feud. This person says, a little bit of a shakeup. The collision will now be staying on, 
Okay, that makes no sense. Why would it be staying on Saturdays? It's always on Saturdays. It says good matches, but it was all over the place. Agree. And then this person says terrible as always. Well, this person always comments bad about AEW. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 53% liked the show. 31% thought it was just all right. And 15% did not like it. But with that, guys, I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We'll be back live here Monday. No, not Monday. Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. And then Friday evening for Friday Night Smackdown. Then Saturday, we've got WWE Payback we're going to be live for. And then Sunday, AEW All Out before we start it all over again next Monday. But with that, guys, we'll see you next time. Have a good one.